Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Mexico Open. It's storylines, it's best bets, it's one and done. And let me tell you, you're going to want to stick around for a one and done conversation. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, hello, on time, ready, and all picks submitted from you. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. I mean, if you can't get up for the second ever Mexico Open, uh, I mean, you don't need another cup of coffee or anything. I mean, this is as good as it gets, in my opinion. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, Mexico's national championship, our first national championship of the year. Let's see what else we have coming up later this year. We've got U.S. Open. U.S. Open. The Open. Canadian. The Open. Right, Canadian. We got that. I can think of at least one more. Scottish Open. I can at least I can think of at least one more. Scottish Open, that's a good one. Uh, the 3M not, Open. <laughs> it's not on the PGA Tour. The Irish Open, right? That's not a PGA Tour event. Nah, I was stretching. I was Does stretching. Does it even exist if it's not on the tour? Say again? Does it even exist if it's not on the PGA Tour schedule? I've heard not. I'm under the impression golf is only played in the lower 48. Yeah, well. I don't know. No. Good to have you this week. Good to be here. I look forward to Mexico. It's the best hotel we stay in. Love the course. Food is spectacular up there. On top of this hotel we stay in, there's a rooftop bar, which is killer. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. All Kyle right. Porter is here. KP, uh, you're going on vacation next week. Mark's going to send us pictures from his rooftop hotel. Uh, everybody, <laughs> Everybody's getting out of Dodge. Yeah, I should have gone this week. Uh I think the timing of it didn't really work out, but I am going to Mexico next week. So I'll keep the Mexico thing going. Cool. Pictures from your rooftop bar. There you go. Sweet. Boy, oh boy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Um, gentlemen, I think we have to, I think we have to rule on something right out of the gate here. Uh, Josh, are you able to come in? Yeah. I, I cannot believe this. Well, I mean, like it, 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 it's, it's like you're on probation. You don't flirt with, you know, he left the state pretty much on house arrest. Can't be doing that. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you've already got a DUI, don't don't buy beer at the gas station. See, Najad missed the deadline to get his one and done selection, in, which is five o'clock again. Now, I'm under the impression, Josh, are you able to come in here and talk with us? What what time did you what time did he text in his pick? Just read the timestamp on your phone. That That's as simple as this. That's as that's as complicated as this needs to be. 5.06 p.m. Okay, we'll see you. <laughs> I love how the general mood has changed, right? I, I There was a lot of leniency on, on missing number one. There was a little bit of leniency on number two. We're, we're, it's, it's over. It's April 25th. Yeah. That's he, owes, he owes a public apology to the justice for SIA crowd. That's Similar right. to how Billy Horschel wanted live players to go into PGA Tour HQ and apologize to everyone. That's what Sia needs to do for his fan base. What, did he, he want him to go people. like door to door or what? Did he want him to like go to Jay Monahan's door and then go to? I, I think I he know. wanted he wanted everyone to go up to each and every PGA Tour employee, <laughs> employee. and just say sorry. Like, all all seven hundred of them. 
400, yeah. whatever there is. He he had these people sticking out their necks for him in the chat every week. Justice for Sia, justice for Sia, justice for Sia, just to be a repeat offender time and time again. I'm done with it, Mark. I'm done with it. Wasn't he the guy that led the led the tirade against me at the first event of the season? Was that? Yes. It certainly feels that way. Yeah, well. I, I, I we might I'm be just, unanimous here. Are we are we vetoing this that you're six Pat, minutes late is late? If he's watching, bring him in so we can just tell him to his face. We need rule. Like like it just it just just doesn't work. Josh, is this is this a is this a if you're Jay Monahan, are, are we doing like a player run organization here where we get to vote or is it just you're making an executive decision? How, what's the what's the how does the pack work on the first cat podcast? I think it has to be a player decision. OK, well, then we've decided. So we're, yeah. we're good here. We can move on. OK, well, <laughs> sorry. Well, Kyle, Thanks, you, Jay. you became the commissioner of everything during the covid year. I think you're still in charge, aren't you? <laughs> no, it's a, it's like a three year stint, right? Like Rory has to get. <laughs> Rory has to give it up. Can't lays off the pack at next year. It, it, you, you can only do it for so long. Mm-hmm. Term limits. It's all about term limits. Uh, currently in the midst of his term as the number one player in the world, John Rahm has arrived in Mexico uh, looking for not only a title defense, uh, but what would be Patrick, correct me if I'm wrong, seven worldwide wins in 15 or 16 starts something of that nature and he is doing it with the odds makers in favor he's one of the shortest outright numbers that we've seen in recent years plus 280 john rom to win the mexico open it was uh it was this tournament a year ago i know kyle wrote a piece uh for the website how uh this is kind of the tournament that turned it all around for him his short game was a bit in disarray, uh, especially on the greens. And he came here, the Paspalum greens of Vedanta. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one, he was kind of in a, a little bit of a drought. And he has, I think, seven in his last 24, 11 top fives uh, during that span as well. Hasn't missed a cut. Has been unbelievable in every aspect of the game. I think he's fifth in strokes game putting over the last six months in this field. Uh, and then you throw in the tee to green prowess. So, uh, I think 280 is warranted. It's definitely short, but the field's not great outside of Tony Finau, so it makes a lot of sense. Seven out of 24, I believe, is what Patrick said. If you go after uh, Mexico, so it's six wins in his last 14 KP. This is uh, a man on a mission going and playing in now the weakest field that he's played in. Uh, essentially during the stretch. I guess maybe some of these European tour events that he won, like the Spanish Open. But uh, Rom should be licking his chops once again. Yeah, just off the top of your head, is this the sh- are these the shortest odds, or is this the shortest number that you've seen? So actually, I have I have the database. Um, non non Tiger stuff. Yes, uh, you know he was plus three fifty at this event last year. Dustin Johnson was plus three fifty at a, a AT and T Pebble Beach program that he actually withdrew on Tuesday, but he opened at, at plus 350. That was, I guess, a couple of years ago. Um, there's only been four instances in the last couple of years of a golfer being sub four to one, and it's all it's all John Rahm. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty historic territory here when it comes to these, these numbers. Do you have any Tiger numbers for me there? Um, the record keeping is not as good. You usually get like Tiger major championship numbers, but Tiger in his prime – to win the Masters, for example, would have been basically even money or plus one. Can you imagine? Just like a matchup against 90 other guys. Tiger versus the field. So I think the thing, Rom's obviously playing an ext- at an extraordinary clip. I, I wrote or I tried to kind of sum up some of the numbers on in that article that Patrick referenced on CBSSports.com. But it's not – I mean – I think this is a little bit of just this sort of, you know, I was thinking about this, Rick, he, him and him and Morikawa have kind of had a little bit of opposite starts to their career. And what I mean by that is Rom, at least statistically plays at a much higher clip than Morikawa. I mean, he plays at a much higher clip than everybody, but Morikawa won a lot for the clip that he played at. And Rom, Rom won a lot, but he didn't win a lot for like kind of the num like the the strokes gain number that he played at, right? 
And I think now you're seeing like sort of the reversal of those two guys where now Rom is winning probably more than his number would suggest that he should, which is just like a sort of a correction to the, the mean, if you will. And now Morikawa is winning less than his number says that he should. Um, so I think it's, I think it's really interesting. I've felt this season was coming for Rom for a while, and it looks like this is this is it. Like this is the seven win two major season, probably maybe. But I mean, this is like kind of what he is, right? Like he's. You talked about this with Scheffler, Rick. Like he he's he's not doing. I mean, he's winning at an extraordinary rate, but he's not really playing at a crazy different rate than he normally does so i think that's the crazy part uh to add to the numbers in his last 89 rounds he's gained strokes on the field in 74 of them so he's lost strokes or been even in 15 and he's gained strokes in 74 out of his last 89 now the record like the cool mark brody wrote an article about it record is tiger gained strokes on the field 89 straight rounds if you can imagine that, which is just completely absurd. But Rom is um, Rom's had a really amazing last 12, 13 months. Well, that's kind of the gift and the curse of doing something like this, Mark. You inevitably, one, get compared to Tiger Woods, and two, you get questions of essentially like how long can you keep doing this for, right? How long can you stay in the moment? We've heard conversations from all the elite top-tier golfers about how much golf is, is being asked of them right now. Uh, fatigue is, is, is certainly something that is coming into play uh, during this travel schedule. It, it's a big question of – how long can John Rom keep doing this for? And I'll stop you there because you're on mute. Thank you. Uh, first one, I'm one over par for the show. Um, look, if you continue on the Tiger Woods comparison, I think it's a question of confidence first off and injury. Now, Woods couldn't evade the injury bug. But if John keeps doing what he's been doing, I feel like it's possible because like Woods, he's able to win without one department of his game. And throughout history, there are very few golfers that could do that. Like uh, Tiger Woods could get by a bulky driver. It was long, but it was crooked. And he hit the ball all over the joint, but find a way with his iron game and his strength and his short game and the incredible powers of recovery to, to, to still make birdies and still stay in there when he, hit, when he was hitting the ball poorly. And I'm seeing that at a ROM right now where um, if he doesn't hit the ball so great, the short game is obliging. Um, if he's hitting it well and he makes some putts, he shoots nothing. Um, and the confidence is off the charts. I mean, we uh, I was speaking with folks there at uh, Hilton Head when we were out there. He just has a different air about him right now. I didn't see him that week. I look forward to trying to catch up with him if I can when I get to Mexico. Just to sort of say hello and congratulations and you know, what does it feel like and how many times have you signed a yellow flag already? Um, but but apparently the air of confidence that Brahm is carrying is is kind of biblical in a way. So I feel like this can continue for a long time if he evades the injury bug and, and, and if uh, this confidence stays as high as what I, I understand it to be. Well, we should enjoy it because, Patrick, uh, it is our understanding that this will be his last start until the PGA Championship because he's not going to play the Wells Fargo. So it's, it's these, I assume, four days. I assume he's not going to miss the cut. Four days, <laughs> and then uh, we will see him in Rochester. So in a busy schedule, he's carved out kind of this spot to, to play in Mexico, take a little bit of time off, and play the PGA. Yeah, I don't mind the skip. I think uh, Adam Shupak tweeted out today that Colin Markow was was thinking about uh, skipping the Wells Fargo as well, but changed his mind. Uh, he's going to be playing next week. And, yeah, I think it makes sense for Rom just given all the media obligations. I swear he's on my screen like 24-7 since the Masters, just talking every which way to everyone. Uh, so I don't mind it. I think Quill Hall is a decent – uh, tests kind of get right spot for some of these guys before Oak Hill. You think about a course where you need to drive it long and straight. Rory McIlroy has obviously dominated there throughout his career in Oak Hill after the, you know, redo of it, it's going to play long. It's a course that they originally picked when it was in August PGA championship. Now it's in May. So I'd expect some weather, some cold weather rain there. You're going to have to hit it far and straight. That's what John Rom does. He's, you know, the best driver of the golf ball top three for sure. Uh, so yeah, it's on paper probably a good test, but for John Rahm, given how good he's been for the past 12 months, I, I don't think he really needs a, a spot to get right. 
the field that he will compete against KP uh, includes just two other players in the top 50 of the OWGR. That is Tony Fina, 16th, Alex Norin, 50th. Uh, this will be the third weakest field of the year behind uh, Punta Cana and Puerto Rico. So if there was ever a chance for him to kind of uh, grab another one, seems to be a pretty good spot. I mean, can you imagine Rom going to play like a really good corn fairy event? Wouldn't it wouldn't I mean it would be different, but it wouldn't be that much different. Well, I do wonder you maybe we could get Nosferatu on this. You know, if you removed Rom and Finau, what would this strength of field be? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. they, they they carry a lot of the weight of that 170 or whatever, whatever it is at the moment. Yeah. I mean it's 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 really bad. It is so fortuitous for the tour that Rom won this last year <laughs> and now he's the now he's the masters champ. And so he's sort of he doesn't have to play, but it would be weird. It would be crazy not to, right? To to not uh defend your championship. But female playing it is interesting as well. Um you know, I I as a as somebody with a large family as well, I uh, appreciate him making his schedule around the vacation destinations, take the kids, <laughs> drop them off at the beach, go play some golf. But uh, yeah, well, uh, he's, I think he's super interesting because he's eight to one. Right. And so you're like, man, normally in a field like this, Finau would be uh, probably like five to one or six to one or something like that. But he's got this, he's got this ROM problem ahead of him, which makes it, which kind of pushes him down. So I think, I think Finau and he finished T2 last year. I think Finau is pretty interesting to, to, to watch this week. Yeah. Also worth noting that while Rom opened at plus 280, he's been bet down. So they are taking action plus 260 at Caesar Sportsbook <laughs> right now. Crazy. Uh, people are not afraid of, of that number, obviously. Uh, Mark, we'll put a bow on this because um, if you can avoid the John Rom bustle and you can avoid the Tony Finau bustle, you start looking through the rest of this field, and it's a lot of guys with zero career PGA Tour wins. You know, Wyndham Clark and Patrick Rogers and Nikolai Hoygaard and uh, Benny Ahn and Bo Hossler and all these other guys. So plenty of opportunity if you can uh, somehow beat two of the best players in the world. Yeah, there certainly is. And I remember having this conversation. We were just checking out the golf course. It was myself and, and Colt Nost and Dottie Pepper and Frank Nobler. We were walking around there, and and the question came up was like, hey, last year, this, of course. And, and the question was pitched, hey, is Ricky Fowler here? Mm. And we were like, no. And, and then Frank was like, why is he not playing in this event? It's a weaker field. There's wide fairways. It's a good golf course. You're not going to blow it over because it's long. Um, the Paspal and grass makes it challenging in spots. And there's crosswinds everywhere. But you've got to hit it around there. But there's room to maneuver it. So if you're struggling with your golf swing, you can kind of find a groove there. Tony Finau did. He didn't come in playing that well and had that big final round there. Actually, was on the call for him, and that turned into what was a pretty cool summer with it, for him with a few victories. So it's not just a great place this week to, to earn points, maybe get your first win, but it's a great place for guys who might be struggling with a game to find a little mojo because, to Kyle's point, it's kind of relaxed. You take the family down there. You go and play some golf. You can drive it, so you can swing away there and 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 hopefully find a little something to lead into now what's about to be another hectic stretch of golf here through the summertime. Yeah, lots of yep. lots of golf coming up. Uh, Tony Finau was phenomenal here last year, gained a ton of strokes, ball striking, lost a couple on the putting surfaces, and finished second. Uh, it would not be a first cut podcast, Patrick, if we did not talk about the Ryder Cup. And of course, uh, the league <laughs> guys getting into the mix as well. Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, quote, willing and able to play for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. I bet very, they are currently. Very like, brave. Yeah. Yeah. Very brave take. 17th. <laughs> 17th in the rankings for Kepka right now, 32nd for DJ. Maybe a conversation we're going to have to continue to have all summer long. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle wore the hat. He knew this conversation was coming up. I, I you know, I appreciate the, uh, the excitement that's coming around. Uh, but do they even need them? I think the 10 from the President's <laughs> Cup, I think the 10 from the President's Cup, right? Non Horschel, non Kisner division. Those 10 are probably safe for the team. Then you got two spots, and, I mean, do you want to – Zach Johnson said there's still a lot of factors that need to evolve uh, at the Zurich Classic. But 
Ricky Fowler, Mark just mentioned him. He's rounding into form. A Sahith Digala, if you want to, yeah, yeah, to, come on to, now. <laughs> to get some experience under his belt uh, and be, I feel like he'd be great in the team room there. But DJ was obviously fantastic at Whistling Straits, five zero and zero. But against that European team, I think uh, you know me and KP could have gone five zero and zero to an extent. So it'll oh. be it'll be in, it'll it'll be interesting. Are you? Pat, Patrick, are you okay? Like, do you care if the live guys play? Like, what's your what's your position? My position is it needs to be uniform across both sides. John Rom said the same, and I agree with him. And I feel like the European side has already taken their stance that they don't want live players because, well, they they fired their captain already for going to live. So that seems to me like they're going to be saying no to live players playing. And if they say no, it might be an under the table agreement where Zach Johnson and Luke Don are like, all right, we don't need them. The, but if they play, I don't care at the same time. It just needs to be uniform, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Big Eye, you're preaching to me. Uh, a couple things I'd like to add. First off, the captain broke a contract. Uh, from what I understand, he had a contract with the European Tour. And when Stenson decided to go to live, there was contract breach. And so uh, the result was essentially inevitable, uh, if you're going by the letter of the law, Sia. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> and then with regard to the other guys, um, if you're still looking at this head to head and strength to strength, there are two things I'd like to point out. First off, if the Americans are looking to breed some newer players, I think it's the perfect time because you've got a somewhat scarred European tour team right now, which isn't at full strength. So if you want to get some new players into the mix, I think it's a great time to blood a Sahithigala or Tom Hoagie or someone like that. Um, because look, they've been playing great so far and they deserve a little bit of a look. And then just to, to build on the team room, um, there are very few American folks I know who are more patriotic than Zach Johnson. I mean, that guy bleeds red, white, and blue. So I, I, I hear your conversation about the under the inside, the behind closed doors agreement, but I, I'm not sure. And again, this is conjecture. But the Zach, I know, I don't think he'll be up for, for the uh, addition of the Live Guys idea whatsoever. He, here's the top 10 as it stands right now. Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns. That's top five. Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris. I guess not gonna, Will yeah. may or may not be ready, but I'm thinking not. Yeah, not. Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley. So I guess that's technically nine if we remove will no arguments that any of those guys are not going to be on the team right we're we're, we're solid on those nine mm -hmm. okay uh yes yeah for sure yeah okay so now we've got let's call it three spots here uh, <laughs> i can't believe we're doing this <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> the, guy, the guy you didn't name is Finau. well Finau's currently uh 19th in the rankings okay so yeah so here so the next couple of guys would be Kurt Kitayama, Chris Clark, Sahith. And then you start talking about some other notables that could be captain's picks. Tony Finau is 19th. Ricky Fowler is 22nd. Uh, I don't know how far down we want to go, but it it, it kind of gets us back, KP, to that question of like, do, do they need them? Right? The top nine are locked and loaded. Find me three other guys. <clears throat> the, I, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it depends, right? It depends on how the next three majors go. Because if Brooks does what he did at the Masters, at the U.S. Open and the in the Open Championship and the PGA, and he finishes in the top ten or top five in all four majors, I think you could make. I mean, the U.S. hasn't won in Europe in thirty years, so you you need everything, right? You know, it's 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 you don't you don't. Um, they're going to have the better team no matter what, but you, you need whatever you can get. And I, I think I don't love Brooks being on the team, even if he's playing well, because I don't think he really cares that much to be there. I think he's just kind of does his own deal. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you need them, but if you, if, if somebody's top 10 in all four majors, I don't know how you can not take them. Right. Unless the rules just or unless you just have an agreement or the rules just state, hey, you can't do this. So Brooks is actually the one, maybe even more so than DJ, that if he's playing great at the majors, you might feel an obligation to take him in that 
11th, 12th spot over a Keegan, over a Ricky, over a Harris English or Russell Henley? Okay. I just, I, I think it bears mention that they are eligible by the PGA of America's rules. This is Brooks and, uh, and DJ and company because they're members in good standing over the PGA of America until 2024. This was again, in, uh, some extension, I think, I believe of, of the COVID time. So they are eligible for selection because this event is not a PGA tour event, but again, the PGA work walk in lockstep with the, uh, the tour pretty much. And so I'd be surprised if it did happen. Um, but to your thing, Kyle, you know, Brooks playing well in a few majors, Warren a selection. I, to me, the team room and the spirit inside the team room is more important than some guy that might get you two points and kind of ruin the vibe of the place. If you know what I'm saying, I don't. Cause, cause I don't. You, just, you've got yeah, I, and you've got Keegan was a he was dynamite in the diner. I remember he was a guy waving the flag stick around at one stage there playing alongside Phil. So, so there's plenty of guys you could slot in there that would be awesome for the team dynamic. And again, you, you give one or two youngsters a chance. Who knows what you find? Like we did with a, a Xander and a Candlay combination or, or or something to that effect. I agree. I, I don't disagree with you. I just think if you're a captain and you take Sahith when Brooks finished second in all four majors and you get beat in Europe for the 70th time in a row, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have some questions. You know, it's, 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 it's a, I think... Captains are uh, risk averse in in this deal. Like they they don't love to put themselves. I mean, remember when uh, when uh, Davis Love or who was the captain at Whistling Straits? Strict. Uh, Stricker took uh, Scheffler in the 12th spot, and everybody was like, wow, that's, I mean, like, that was the right pick, but that was kind of bold that he did that. And you're like, yeah, it wasn't at all. Like, Scheffler's the best player in the world. Uh, there's just, there's so much aversion to taking risks it, when you're a, when you're a, a captain of any of these teams that I don't know that, you know, depending on how, and now if Kepka falls off at the majors, like I kind of think he'll do, then, none of this really even matters. Or if DJ doesn't play well, then none of it really matters because I don't think that that uh, Zach Johnson will take him anyway. But it's going to be interesting if those guys play well at the major championships throughout the year. Uh, Josh, you might have put it up there, but do we have that graphic for where the live guys are in the Ryder Cup standings? I might have just overlooked it while I was looking at the outline. Oh, yeah, I think, I, I think we saw this one. So Brooks at 17, Phil at 23rd, DJ at 32nd, Patrick Reed 37th, HV3 55th, Taylor Gooch, 62nd, Kevin Knott, 80, Bryson, 87th. Not a live golfer, but any guesses on who's currently sitting at 127th right now in the U.S. Ryder Cup standings? Akshay Woods. Tiger Woods. Yes, Tiger Woods. Akshay's actually not – you might be close, Mark. Akshay's 147. Tiger Woods, uh, 127, right between Scott Piercy and Tyson Alexander for all of you. Like just uh, uh, call him back to Stricker's selection of Scheffler. That might have been an all-time internet discussion. Uh, <laughs> between Kevin Kisner, Kevin Na, and I believe Patrick Reed were the three others it was, under, it was, under consideration. At the time, it was crazy. They, yeah. And now it's even like, it's just even dumber. And, uh, you know, speaking of eye test, Mark, I was rooting for Stuart Sink, a, a two-time winner that season, to, to make his way onto the team. But, that, that, they would have – they still would have won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah probably, they would have had 20 points probably. Um, but I think picking Scheffler there, there was almost a sense of the old – you know, the new old guard of Spieth and JT. They have a, yeah. a pretty big say in who they're picking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know – Hence the the read. Eh, I don't think he'll really gel with us as much as our boy Scotty. That's how I felt about Kepka. I don't remember. I I presume Kepka qualified that year because he finished. Well, he finished top ten in three the last three majors of the year. So I presume he did he qualify. Do you remember? Uh, I believe that he was, did. That was he the year just, he had that he had that G or not GQ, but that Golf Digest article. Where he was like, "Yeah, I kind of just do my own thing during the Ryder Cup," and you're like, "Cool, man!" Like, Rick is yeah, yeah it's Rick awesome. As far as memory, my memory serves me, and that is fallible. Uh, I don't think his record is that good in the Ryder Cup either. Uh, I'll I'll look that up, but uh, he did qualify for that team. He was fourth in points. The qualifiers were Colin 
DJ, Bryson Brooks, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay. He did He's six, six, five, and one in the Ryder Cup. I might rather have uh, Tolor Gooch than Kepko on the team. Well, I don't know. Well, he's already played a Ryder Cup, according to him. Yeah, right? can handle it big time. <laughs> can't imagine. I mean, yeah, he's ready for it. I can't imagine much difference. Uh, all right, gents. Uh, Ru- let's get. Ru- I mean, can we do Europe? Oh, okay. I'll talk sure. about Europe. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you some from the world rankings and some from the yeah. world. Yeah, it's yeah. it's goofy, but I'll just read their top twelve on the data golf rankings. Okay. Rom, Rom, Rory, Hovland, Fitzy, Hatton, Rose, Fleetwood, Norin, Paul Casey, Shane Lowry, Aaron Rye, Jordan Smith, and if you don't like Paul Casey because he's or if you don't think Casey will make the team, uh, Rasmus Hoygaard comes in uh, well, 12th. Okay, well, if you're looking at the Ryder Cup websites, Euros, yeah. go Ron McElroy, Yannick Paul, Victor yeah. Perez, Shane Lowry, Alex Noren, Adrian Otegi, Fleetwood Campillo, Rasmus Hargard, Bob McIntyre, and Antoine Rosner at 12. Hatton's 13, Olsen's 14. Yeah, so it's it's a weird setup with the weather. I was going to say, where's Yannick? Yannick's been hot, baby. Yeah, he's on there. He's number three on the Ryder Cup ranking page. He's number 102 on Data Golf. What? Mm, In the Ryder Cup? No, no, no. No, no, no. Overall. uh, On Ryder Cup, he's like 15. Okay. I was like, that's... They're they're coding his brother, his twin brother, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) They got the code wrong. (laughs) I guess my my point here, I actually pulled these this morning. I was interested because I'm a psycho. And their team isn't... It's not... It's like pretty good. The top sevens... Doable. It's very top R- Rom, Rory, Hav, Fitz, Hat, and Rose, Fleetwood. You can get by with, I think. Even and, I mean, but Lowry, Norin, Lowry. Like it's it's not. You know, you don't have a bunch of. I mean, you might, but you currently don't really have a bunch of Anton Antoine Rosner's running around, which would be a problem when you've got Shuffler, Cantlay, Xander, Spieth, JT. Right. Uh, I think. I think. I don't know. I was just, I guess I was just surprised by how competitive the European team looked on paper to me at this point. Yeah. Well, I, I think bets will be sort of off because they'll set up that Marco Simone a golf course like they did per uh, Le Golf National in Paris, where the fairways will be narrow, the rough will be high, and the greens will be slow. So they're going to try and mitigate the field with a course setup, which it always happens. You come to the States, it's big, fast, and wide. You go to Europe, it's narrow and slow. So so from that point of view, they think that the, the playing field may level a touch, but the Americans are just so strong right now. I, I don't care who you line up against them. Yeah, I, I will say, like, going back to 18, JT was the only guy who played in that European tour event, and he obviously had the best record. Uh, it's across from the Wells Fargo championship next week so none of them are gonna see it mm. until until the uh the actual plan but you know strategic alliance there? you know who's they probably, probably... Be there next week yannick paul <laughs> getting his reps in getting ready are you a yannick J- stan yes jt was jt was so good at that at that paris rider cub he beat rory on sunday that was he was awesome yannick paul was playing on the outlaw tour in 2020 now he's a winner on the DP World Tour, and he's going to maybe be He might be on the Ryder Cup team. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's absolutely crazy. So are they for sure, like, they won't allow Peters and Paul Casey and Sergio? Like, that's a non-starter, even if they qualify? I don't know. I, I don't know how you can if you – well, I guess the contract part, but I don't know. It's It would be a weird look if you can your captain because he went to lift but then have lift players on it. <laughs> But then they're going to have to come out and say, even though you've qualified, you cannot play because you play on live, which is going to be a, also a very tough thing to do. And then if they lose, it's going to, I mean, there's, there's a lot of like, it, it's, it's not, um, I mean, the Ryder cup is so important to them. Right. And so it's, it's not as easy as like, Oh, well, yeah, you, but then if you let them play, then you have to let them play on the European tour. All it, it's, it's, it's such a, a mess. It's a nightmare. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Well, 
April 25th, we'll uh, continue to debate the Ryder Cup teams for the next five months. But, gentlemen, we're going to refocus our attention back to Mexico. We're going to give our best bets, our one-and-done selections. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. I am under the impression, uh, Patrick, that there is something called the NFL Draft this week. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. There was a, uh, a Reddit user posted that he knows Will Levis this morning or love it. Um, and his odds, I don't know. It's love us or love it. I'm not following the Kentucky quarterback. He's going to be a bum, I think. Um, but he moved wow. from 50 Wait, to one. It sounds like you are following him. Doesn't pass the eye. Test. Oh, he does not pass the eye test. <laughs> way too, way too mechanical. Uh, but he went from 50 to one to five to one to be the number one overall pick this morning, just because some random right. Reddit user was like, yeah, I know him. Uh, yeah. He said he's going to the Panthers. Yeah, hell he yeah. Said, he said I'm buddy. I'm buddies with them. The Panthers told him a couple of days ago they're taking him. That's and sick. He posted it on Reddit and everybody started throwing money down on it. So we'll see. Incredible. Welcome, yeah. welcome to 2023. That's awesome. It's absolutely crazy. Well, our friends over at the With the First Pick podcast, uh, they have us covered with everything we need to get ready for the draft. So you can tune into the show whether your team has the number one overall pick, which is the Carolina Panthers or is putting the finishing touches on a Super Bowl contender like my Philadelphia Eagles. Download with the first pick wherever you get your podcasts. Could you imagine if golf had a draft? I have imagined that. <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> that would be sick. Guys, we had one last Liv, year. Doesn't Liv have a draft? You can watch it over there. They had one draft that was pre... Yeah. One of the teams was already pre Yeah, What have happened to that? That was the best thing they had. They should they should draft every week. Oh. The red card. Can you imagine? Too. Can you imagine the uh, <laughs> the the cliques drafting Gordon Sargent first, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go play on the PGA Tour." It'd be like the or when Eli Manning got drafted by the Chargers, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play New York." Actually, that's mm-hmm. what it would be like. That'd be so <laughs> they need to just have the draft and draft a bunch of guys that won't come over there. Oh, that'd be so. Yeah. That's like when. <laughs> When Major League Baseball teams draft guys like like Russell Wilson, like hoping, like j- just in case, just in yes. case, like football, we have your rights. Just in case football doesn't work out, you can come play for us. Yeah, it'd be sick. It would. It would be hilarious. Uh, our bets. So we take a hundred bucks. We go over to Caesars. We scour every square inch of the site. And we come back with the following: a matchup, which we put half our funds on fifty. Any finishing position that we want, 30. Two separate outrights at 10 apiece, and it must be a Mexico Open because look at the names we have on this board. Let's start with our matchup matchup wagers, Mark. That's hard to say. Uh, Let me know where you're going with your matchup, please. I'm going with Andrew Putnam over Stephen Yeager or Stefan Yeager. Um, I was spent some time, a little bit of time at uh, RBC talking with Andrew. Now, the golf course doesn't set up for him, but... He's just been playing really sound this year. He's reliable. Um, his iron game is sharp, according to him, and the guy puts the eyes out of it. So I feel like uh, at a place like this, you know, the pressure is off. He's been playing well. Maybe he'll start to make a few putts and, and get me a, a, a match-up win finally because I don't think I've had one this season. <laughs> uh, plus 125 for Andrew Putnam over Jaeger. KP, you've opted for the uh, biggest matchup available, the two big boys going at it. Yeah, the big boys. Uh, Tony Finau plus one ninety over John Rahm. Uh, he lost to him by one stroke last year. Plus one ninety for the number nine, whatever Finau's ranked is is uh, a great number. I know he's playing like the best player ever, but uh, yeah, I'm just maybe Rahm will get whatever he got at the players and withdraw again, and I'll get lucky. Plus 190, as Kyle mentioned, if he does. I took even money past Palum King, Emiliano Grillo over Alex Smalley. You get this guy in a coastal, tropical location on Paz Palum, and he turns into, mm, like, Justin Thomas. Patrick, give me your matchup, please. thought you were going to say uh, Gentle Ben or something, but uh, I'm going with Aaron Rye, minus 120 over Ben Martin. Uh, T24 last year. I like the way he's hitting the ball. Uh, you know, if Grio can putt well on these greens, I think Aaron Rye can as well. And Ben Martin, he's been a little bit too much putter the last couple starts, although he is playing well. But I'm going to go with the Englishman at minus 120. 
All right, Aaron Rye over Ben Martin. Patrick, I'll just bounce it right back to you, bud. Your finishing position is a top 20. Who have you selected? Joey B, Joseph Bramlett, top 20, plus 250. Really long off the tee. Iron play is impressive. That's kind of what you need this week. It's wide open. You can spray it a little bit uh, around the green, and putting is easier than normal weeks. So give me Bramlett at plus 250. I like that pick. He passes the eye test. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Mark. Uh, I'll just I'll just go right to you here. You found a top forty selection at plus money. Who is it? I did, and it took a long time for me to turn away from uh, Brandon Wu for a top top twenty at plus one twenty. But Sean O'Hare last week, I had um, the the group that won. I had Davis and Nicardi there, and they were playing alongside Brandon Matthews and Sean O'Hare. And so I've known Sean for a long time. He's been on my podcast and stuff, and so. I, was, I asked him about Brandon Matthews, and he goes, well, I can hit it. And then I was paying attention to Sean, and he was really sharp. So I walked up to him. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, just keeping it simple, man. I'm, going, I'm trying to hit draws and fades and hit shots. So less technique, more playing. And he looked like he was finding a little groove. So top 40, I feel like, is almost automatic there. Plus 140, Sean O'Hare, top 40. KP, uh, we agree that John Rahm is the hottest man on the planet. But this guy, your top 10 selection, might be the second hottest. He might be. Wyndham Clark. Uh, if I had him for one and done, I would have picked him. I think somebody else in our group did. Uh, he's been playing just terrific golf. Could have won last week in in uh, in Louisiana. And I like him to top 10 at plus 180. I, I don't – I mean, I, I think he's like the third best guy in this field right now. I don't know what the – is that what the numbers say? Yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would say too. Where did you use him in one and done? Last week. Oh, okay. Yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. Uh, that was the Clark Hostler selection. He had to burn them both. Got six hundred sixty-four thousand, but now he can no longer use Wyndham Clark. Good pick. That, that's I how needed. I needed them to hang on, and they uh, they couldn't. Tough. They could, they could not. I'm going back to Dylan Wu plus one eighty top. 30. Yeah, I found the top 30 out there this week. Uh, I just like the way he plays. Great from T to Green. He was piling up top 25 finishes earlier in the year. Stumbled a little bit, but if you miss the cut of the team event, like I do not care one single bit. Uh, outrights. Patrick. A pair. A pair of 70 to 1 bombers. Who are they? Uh, Joseph Bramlett's one of them, obviously, like Mark said, uh, passes the eye test with flying colors. Uh, and, th and then the other one is... I, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. I love that Joseph Bramlett passes your eye test, but Scotty Scheffler does not. You need to That's get your eyes checked, sir. That's correct. That is correct. Yeah, do you, do you, <laughs> look into some bifocals there, old man. We're, we're working through some kinks in the models, the eyes. Um but as of now, yes, Joseph Bramlett passes the eye test. Scotty Scheffler uh, still has to prove a little bit to me. Sure. Um, you know, <laughs> Mark, said, Mark said, why Why isn't Ricky Fowler in this field last year? Why isn't Scotty Scheffler in this field? Um, Got to work on the putting. This, these are great greens to get right on. So Joseph Bramlett, 70 to 1. And then Luke List, uh, the eye test is still – we haven't come to a conclusion on Luke list, but he does not pass it on the greens. But like I just said, pretty easy greens hits it far. Like Rick said, and the iron play came around a little bit last week in Louisiana. So give me those two guys because John Rom's probably winning this week. Yeah. Patrick is a lunatic, but I have to admit that I also got to Luke list here. Uh, he's been horrible since his win at the farmers, but when a golf course asks you to hit it long, you're going to hit a bunch of long irons and maybe a putting surface that helps the poor putters. That sounds like Luke List. 70 to 1. I've also gone with another guy uh, who, well, I guess Luke List can win. Patrick Rogers has not yet. 28 to 1. He's been knocking on the door. Ball striking numbers are there. So uh, Patrick and I are on a similar page with our outrights KP. Uh, you double down on, on Wyndham Clark. You got him at 16 to 1. And your other outright, please. Yeah, I've got Aaron Rye. Uh, Patrick sort of laid out some of the reasoning for him uh, earlier. He finished top 20 at the Players' Championship. 
uh, which I thought was uh, was pretty interesting. He's been playing pretty solid golf, and it's a pretty bad field. So forty five to one, I like the number. Mark, mm-hmm. you've done it, my friend. I have. Tell me what you've done. Well, I figured, you know, if I was going to spend ten of my hard earned dollars, and I was going to waste it really on some long shot that might hit. Have you watched John Rahm play golf lately? I think uh, laying $10 on a guy that's plus 260 is a pretty good bet. So I'm going Rahm. And I'm going with Wyndham Clark. Um, he's got all the game. Uh, I love the way he's trying to swing the golf club right now. He's, he's instructive free, so the mind is free. I, I, I'm just yet to sort of see him close the deal. And I feel like maybe being in contention last week with a guy on his wing in, in uh, Bo Hustler. You know, maybe that took some of the pressure off and he was able to sort of play and learn and and be present a bit more. So maybe last week's experience for Wyndham was kind of good for the confidence because he's been around some and just not played well over the weekend. And and they weren't at their best Sunday, but I feel like he might be a, a champion in waiting. So as long as he hits the driver, it's the long irons really high. Um, there'll be a lot of long irons around you with crosswinds and he's pretty reliable. He punches the ball through the air. So uh, John Rahm for definite, Wyndham Clark. Uh, I'm hopeful. Wyndham Clark, Wyndham Clark, Luke List, Luke List, John Rahm, Aaron Rye, Patrick Rogers, and Joseph Bramlett, the eight outright selections that we have made. Now, producer Josh is very kind. He gives us an extra $50, and we are allowed to put it on anything. And a couple of the boys have taken it very seriously in that literally anything they can find. Mark, we'll, we'll get out of the way. We made golf selections. Uh, the other two, not necessarily. So, Mark, you stayed on brand here with the nationality selection. What have you found? Uh, yeah, I love this. Ben Ahn is just a, he's playing beautiful golf right now. There are four South Koreans in the field. SH Kim, I think, is the next one. Song you'll know is in there, and I can't remember the fourth. But Ahn's playing great. It's, it's always hit the, he's always hit the ball well. There's a whole lot of confidence going in there. So I feel like he is the strength of the South Korean contingent. At plus 110, I feel like uh, it's a pretty good best bet. I went plus 145 on a top 40 with Augusto Nunez. Moves it. Absolutely moves it. Hits his long irons well. Played with Fabian Fabian Gomez last week. They made the cut. They finished, I think, last after that. But Nunez is trending. Top 40, plus 145. This is a really good spot for him. Look at you two. Just cultured. Just real, real sport enthusiasts. Uh, Patrick. <laughs> You are giving us a wager that uh, I guess we'll cash. We'll know Thursday. What 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 is this? I was flabbergasted by this number, Rick. Uh, Steelers to draft an offensive lineman with their first pick plus one thirty five. The favorite is defensive back, and there's so much defensive back talent in this draft that I don't see my Pittsburgh Steelers drafting one when they need O line help for their young quarterback Kenny Pickett. And they've come out and said they're more than willing to trade pick number 32, the pick they got uh, from the Bears for Chase Claypool. They wined and dined Paris Johnson, uh, the top O-line. He, unfortunately, is rising up the draft boards as of late, but I uh, look for them to draft an O-lineman with the first pick at plus 135. Are you are you auditioning for with the first pick? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, right? That was good. <laughs> Uh, well, does it make you feel any better that, let's see, CBS Sports mock drafts, Ryan Wilson, Steelers, Emmanuel Forbes, he's a cornerback. How My about guy. Chris went with Jordan Addison? That's a wide receiver. Josh went, Josh went with Deontay Banks, a cornerback. Uh, same, same pick for Kyle. Pete Prisco. What's Pete Prisco have to say? It's Deontay, not me. Deontay Banks. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Will Brinson, friend of the pod, Will Brinson. Broderick Jones, offensive tackle. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to trade up for Paris Johnson, Ohio State. So that is my selection. Throw that in in the draft. Wow. draft mock draft. There you go. One, plus 135 there. KP, uh, you have found us an even more specific draft night wager. What What is your best bet of the week? Yeah, Patrick has all these reasons. I just read one mock draft, and I have Will, Will Anderson from Alabama going to to the Texans at number two. What 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 do the CBS boys say? Ryan Wilson has CJ Stroud. Chris okay. has CJ Stroud. 
Mm. Josh has CJ Stroud. Kyle has the CJ Stroud. Will Brinson, again, we're on the same page as Will, has Will Anderson. Pete Prisco has Bryce Young. Oh, who does he have going number one? CJ Stroud. He, he, oh, he does? I thought he got caught in the Reddit rumors. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got – he does not have uh, Will Levis? Levis? Levis. Levis? Until seventh. Hmm. This thing looks pretty wide open. I, I like your pick, Kyle, because Texans have, I think, the 12th pick, too. They'll pick also, I, I'm just just carrying us right now. Yes. <laughs> you've you've gotten us back into the black. <laughs> Use that term in, lightly. <laughs> in as much as we're being carried. $9. <laughs> awesome. So, who, Will Anderson is, what is he, a, a, a defensive he's He's a linebacker for Bama, I think, or a defensive end for Bama. Okay. Yeah, he's a stud, man. Who's the guy from Florida that everyone keeps posting? Like he, he like jumps out of the gym. Rich Richardson, the quarterback. Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Is that the guy who like every time I see a highlight on in, on Instagram, it's like something insane? Or am I thinking probably? But he also went like nine for twenty eight every game. Don't worry about that. He's, he's <laughs> moldable. Yeah, I think highest upside. Highest upside. Projectable. That is Augusto Nunez, top 40. Benny on top South Korean. The Steelers to draft an offensive <laughs> lineman with the first pick. And Will Anderson to go exactly second overall. There is no other place you are going to get those collection of four wagers, which, honestly, uh, two of them will be determined Thursday night. The other two, hopefully, Sunday night. Okay, gents. That leaves us with one final thing to do. But first, we've got to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. All right. Here it is. One and done. We have already uh, litigated the SIA situation. He is catching an absolute zero uh, for this week because he was late on getting his selection in. So without further ado, Josh, please reveal the solo. Now in red. That's you aggressive. sure do hate to see that. That's aggressive. Uh, an official selection of a 5.06 p.m. submission that is six minutes late. That is uh, it's unforgivable. And he's out. Greg. Greg Ducharme, feeling the heat in last place, has found a way to become a lone wolf. And the way that he has done it, Patrick, Chez. <laughs> someone to check. someone needs to go this, check on Greg. Is he okay? This is a cry for help. This <laughs> is, is, is we, we need to have an uh, intervention or something with Greg. Full on panic mode from Greg. You uh, would this, you this, would you would this, know, Patrick. It, it does take one to know one, but this is I wouldn't I wouldn't stoop to Ches Revi at this point in the season. Is is this one of those things where like you always see it on Twitter? It's like what if you were being held hostage and you needed to alert people, like what would you tweet? <laughs> Pick, you would pick Ches Revi for the Mexico? Ches Revi is the one in Dunstall. 7,600 yard golf course. Yeah. Ball doesn't run in the fairways. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Greg has gone with Shea Reve. Now, three selections, Patrick, Kyle, and Kyle M, have all gone for Gary Woodland. So, KP, we'll start here with you. Uh, Kyle M's been on a heater. So, if you're following his picks, you might be onto something here. Yeah, I mean, Gary Woodland – so here's the thing. Gary Woodland's been hitting the ball at the same clip as Rom. His short game is just atrocious. It's it's so – it's hard to describe how bad it's been. So, I don't know, like have a good putting week and he'll probably be in the top five. Um, so, yeah, I don't – I'm not going to use him elsewhere. So, this was kind of a safe spot for him. Uh, Patrick, I'm sure similar thought process there for Gary. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, didn't, I thought about fee now, but I have plans for him down the road and I'm not using ROM at a $7.7 .7 million purse. So, uh, Gary felt like the logical choice. And I mean, me and Kyle were on the same page last week, turned out pretty well. So hopefully it does again. Uh, I did opt for Tony Finau, so I will lone wolf with Tony in a big purse and get the second best player and hopefully will not look stupid in a couple of days. The fans and you, Mark, are on the same page. You will move in tandem. 
and it will be with Wyndham Clark. It sort of fell into my lap a little bit, I would say, because the guys I had earmarked for this thing well, was basically Kurt Kitayama, and then he's obviously now a hotshot, so he's not playing this week. Um, and then Wyndham just playing so well, like I said, I, I like where the game is right now. And of the other guys that you want to consider, I, I feel like I can use Woodland later in the summer. The way he hits the ball real low, I feel like he could be a sneaky pick for the Scottish Open. Um, and Finau will definitely use it, one of those bent grass uh, golf courses, um, sort of through that Detroit sort of 3M swing. So uh, Wyndham this week, a little fortunate that he's playing well. Now, we do know that Sia uh, made his submission at 506, so it does not count. Is it worth revealing who he had? Does that, does that help hurt the situation? Does it, does it change the mush, or does it open us up to if this guy wins, we have to hear more about it? Should, should I reveal this selection? Yeah, because he will, <laughs> right? Like he'll he'll get it out there anyway. So you might as well just get ahead of it. He'll make a song about it. P- <laughs> PR one hundred and one. We'll get ahead of it. Crisis management squad. We'll we'll, we'll get ahead of it. Uh, Sia's selection, which he still will have moving forward because it does not count, was Gary Woodman. I think you should lose that that person too. <laughs> Well, then he would have been better off not making a selection at all. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I love the new hard line Kyle here. (laughs) I mean, it's not like if you show up late to your tea time, you get to redo the the same round later on. (laughs) Good point, that. That's a good point. I don't think we'll go that far, but I like where your head's at. And I appreciate I appreciate ruling with an iron fist. It's April twenty fifth. It's not like January third. I hear you. Repeat brother. offender too. It's just yeah. It's like Dray- Draymond Green does not get the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> no. Yeah. Najad does not get the benefit of the, of the doubt. What's it, the Draymond is, Green of one <laughs> Has Draymond? Did he get suspended? What's the deal? Yeah, one. He game, did one game. Yeah, he's they they played it already though, right? Yeah, I think they they might have played two games since then. When do they play yeah. again? Do they play tonight, Patrick? Uh, I believe so. It's two two. That series needs to go seven. Yeah, I, I need all of that. How many did Steph have last game? I haven't been keeping up. Oof. Was it like uh, a Jimmy Buckets situation or what? No, I don't think so. I know Draymond shot like 14 times, which is like a ton for him. I That's think not like good. Three for 14. He was like, it's Bruce's, <laughs> it's Bruce's time to shine. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not sure what Steph did. Steph had 32. Okay. Uh, five of 11 from three, made all of his free throws, played to 43 minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, Steph, Steph was at the Ryder Cup in at Whistling Straits. And he was he was just like walking inside the ropes, just standing there. And you look at him, and you're like, "This guy's the like fourth best basketball player in the world. He's Stop. smaller than I he's am. Like the fourth best basketball player ever. Uh, no, not ever. He's also like probably not even the fourth best basketball player in the world right now. He's like, I I actually think there's a case to be made. He's the best basketball player ever. Wow. I think he changed the game. Uh, but but I wouldn't say he's Babe Ruth ushered in a new era. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that ushered in a new era. That doesn't mean that Babe Ruth was better than like, I don't know, Albert Pujols. Well, no, Babe Ruth is not better than like the 150th best player from 20 years ago. So you're talking about Mount Rushmore stuff, not actual like better than. I think you're always going to lose comparing generation to generation. The older generation is always going to lose. So relative to generation, Babe Ruth was like five times better than anybody in his generation. (laughs) Steph Curry was like two and a half times better than anybody in his generation. (laughs) No, two and a half times. That's a lot. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like relative. He's in LeBron's generation. The game literally changed. I think LeBron's in his generation. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It's tough with LeBron lingering around, but you get my point, right? It's like completely different. We had these, we had, uh, 
Jamie Kennedy put this question out the other day on Twitter. Who's the Mount Rushmore of European golfers? Savvy. Yeah, for sure. Like, if he's not on there, you're a clown. Colin <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Montgomery. Okay. Is this your actual Mount Rushmore? I mean, I'm just going I, – I, yeah, I'm going off the top of my head. I do oh, like the no, com- the comment, Robert Rock. Sevi Feldo, Langer. Could put like Harry Varden or someone, you know. One that was my four. Mark just said my four. That was my four. Yes, Kyle. Feeling you, bro. <laughs> Let's go. That's pretty good. I'm not going to argue with that. So, so, so the, the the Mount Rushmore thing encompasses impact to the game. Yeah. So, like, I think that I think that Rom and Rory are better at golf than Bernard Longer, even like relative to their era. But I think Langer that Longer is still, he's still going. Golly, yeah, he he is. <laughs> yeah, he's but, gone. <laughs> but I think Longer, like his impact on European golf yeah. in the era that he was in, was probably greater than either of those two guys. Although I think Rory's will eventually surpass him because of everything that he's been involved in with the Ryder Cup and the Tour and everything else. But I do think that like when Longer came into this like like when he came into his his career like that was a really formative time for european golf you know not it wasn't like sevy but it was like still meaningful and impactful so that's why i would put him over like some of the more modern guys remember the tip of that Ryder cup team it was langer feldo um olathabel wisdom uh then there was sandy lyle yeah, I mean, they were t- that team was freaking. T- they won everywhere they played. Those guys were crazy, except for Kiowa. Langer missed the final putt. There, remember that five feet to tie. And then the other question that Shane Ryan put out there, you guys probably saw this was, uh, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> how many? <laughs> we had a whole family discussion about this last night at dinner. How many how many aces? How many how many holes in one would a single professional golfer have to make in a row before the president had to issue a statement about what was happening? Not as like a congratulations or a medal of honor type thing, but like a what's going on with the universe type like a national security. Yes, yes. Statement. So the idea being any any rant, Maverick McNeely makes an ace on Thursday. Yeah, and then he, congratulations, that's awesome. He buys beers for media. Yeah, yeah. He makes an ace on Friday, and it's like, whoa. no, no, no. It, it's no, consecutive. Like it's consecutive four. holes, I think, not rounds. Okay, well, here's a question for you: Who made two aces in one round in a FedEx Cup playoff event? Oh, Come I just saw now. this highlight. Why do I think it was Brian Harmon? Was Ridgewood? I was on the call for the freaking thing. It was oh. crazy. That's awesome. so, okay, so here's the thing. If somebody made four four aces, everybody knows so four, four aces. Four aces. aces. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, yes, yes. We, we're assuming par threes, right? Not all. They're not all of a sudden driving. All par threes. It's how many holes in a row. So you make four on Thursday. Everybody's like, "This is the craziest sporting thing that's ever happened." You make four more on Friday. Then what? Does the president get involved on Friday? No. No. no he t- takes the weekend off. Thinks about it. Goes to his advisors. Yeah. Okay, so he's ma- if he wakes up on Monday and there's and he, the 16. guy's made sixteen in a row by the same guy. Brian Harmon made sixteen ones in a row on par threes. Is it is it after six? Is it after? Is it on Monday? I think my answer would be uh, probably you know a, a Friday afternoon following at a different course. Try to hide it in the late afternoon news cycle uh, that you know aliens might be on Earth. The president doesn't make a statement until the public does something, floods the streets, uh, marches on Washington. Mav McNeely made his 16th ace. Right. I don't know. But, you know, like, like what, so what would it take for the public to okay. mobilize? Here's what I think. I think Not it's actually – I think – yeah, that's true. I think it's actually after the 17th because I think you could – as irrational as it would be, you could talk yourself into something nefarious going on logistically at the wherever, like a ball the Mexico magnet. event, a Funnel ball magnet. Those those guys that put the weights in the fish 
a couple of months mm -hmm. ago, getting them involved. Who knows? Who knows what, what's going on? But as soon as you travel across the country or to a different country and you're playing a different event with different setup, different people, and the guy makes another one, like to start off that event, it's pandemonium, right? It's it's just complete chaos. Yeah, I, Josh, Josh, are you there? Have you still got control of the mute button is what I want to know. I mean, one more thing. <laughs> he does. One more thing. It would actually be very bad for the guy it happens to because yes. everyone would assume it's weights in the fish. He's cheating. There is or some, something worse or he's an alien from outer space yes. yeah. or like it would be. I mean, he could be aiming. What if he just was like, you know what? I'm going to end this right now. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to hit it in the opposite direction as the hole. It goes up, flips around, and goes in. <laughs> yeah. Stop. It's 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 Callum Shinquan is from Mars type, yes. type stuff. Yes. I think uh, I think Kyle's right on 17 because I don't think Secret Service would allow the guy to get to the 18th hole. He'd be taken out then and there most likely. No, no, no. Oh, to the 18th part three? Yes. Yeah. Like first par three of the second event, you're gone. He's flagged national security threat. We need to get this guy out of here. Yeah, you can't let this he, guy flying around the country from tournament to tournament. He would yes. have to see his ankle monitor. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oof, boy. All right. I think that'll do it. Imagine all the Wyndham rewards points he'd have by then. BMWs and stuff. The Aeon risk reward, he would just have destroyed it. Or he's making four aces a day and finishing T39, and everyone's like, dude, come on. Let's figure Everybody this. knows the four aces. Oh, uh, the four aces. All right. That'll do it. Uh, we will be back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for all your Mexico Open needs. But for now, big thanks, producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald, available on Twitter at Amateur Status. Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.